most of you in theory know me. If you don't, my name is Shannon and I'm the lead pastor of Lennon Baptist Church from my living room. And so I'm really enjoying that and uh, loving the opportunities that we're getting to connect and, and see different things going on. Um, there's a, a sense that probably this is going to be uh, our new normal for a little while yet. And yes, each week it grows and it adapts and it changes. But depending on what uh, the government decides to do tomorrow, um, and I really hope that you are all praying for them and with them for, for the wisdom that they need as they lead our country through this difficult time. But regardless of whether we stay in alert level four or drop to level three, uh, mass gatherings are going to be out for a little while longer yet. And, and there's, so we're going to continue to, to pursue things this way. But there's a, there's a sense that we're into the ease of it now. There's a sense that we're slowly getting more comfortable for it. Nothing ever substitutes for that face-to-face -face communication. Uh, but I think what we've got, the people, the way I'm seeing people connecting uh, is great. And I just want to say to every single one of you that uh, I'm so grateful for you. Uh, I'm so proud of you. It's, it's a weird sort of feeling to feel, but as I've watched uh, different people connecting and caring for each other, as I've heard those stories and as I've seen what's happening uh, from my computer, and I'm just so chuffed and so blessed and privileged <clears throat> to belong to such a wonderful church. You guys are truly uh, the best. And I said on um, our Baptist group page last week, uh, you know, if this thing, if this is proof, one thing for me, it's that Lennon Baptist Community Church is where I'm supposed to be because I just miss y'all. I really do. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's great. But I want to share a thought with you this morning, which uh, my wife inspired. Um, Bill Johnson says that the voice of God often sounds like the voice of your wife. And so men in particular, if you are struggling at any time to go, I don't know if I'm hearing from God, uh, start by listening to your wife and see what happens. But uh, yeah, I just I just want to share a little bit of a thought. You know, Enz and I were talking as we were walking in the vineyard yesterday across the road. And I said, you know, really struggling to kind of work out exactly what I'm supposed to share tomorrow. You know, I've got all sorts of ideas and things rolling around in my head. But um, the... Yeah, and Emma said, well, I think it's really important just to talk about what's going on for people in their lives right at the moment and, and some of the different things. And as we thought about it and we talked about it, uh, I became incredibly aware of just how many people, particularly this weekend and in the last seven days since we met, uh, it, it's been difficult. I've been particularly aware of the practical ways that the virus or rather our response uh, to the virus has impacted us. Um, earlier this week, one of my Bible college lecturers lost his mum. Uh, not to the virus, as far as I'm aware, uh, but they were in the home together. And he reflected that the hardest part of it all was, of course, they're not going to be able to have a funeral for her. And the funeral director came and they picked her up. And, and he said that the um, the hardest part was seeing her put into a cheap, you know, very bland coffin and her name written on the front in, in permanent marker. And so just the, the difference of how they thought that was going, that situation would unfold and how it's unfolded. Um, you know, yesterday I was supposed to be officiating a wedding for a wonderful couple, um, good friends of Emma and I, and, and, you know, we've been looking forward to that date for quite some time. We've been looking forward to it even longer than they have, because we've kept sort of going, when are we doing this? When are we doing this? And so there was finally a date set. And, uh, you know, yesterday that, that of course didn't eventuate. And so I know that's been hard for them. There was another wedding I was supposed to do the week before. Uh, and, and so there's all sorts of these things. And I know, um, you know, Ems has been working with a number of different uh, mums through the, the parent centre and, and all these sorts of things, uh, people whose baby showers have been disrupted, 
Um, you know, I think particularly, in the, you know, of, of Braden and Ashley in our own church, who yesterday probably would have been their baby shower. Um, we've done our best to, to try and get around them and, and, and support them. And, and you know, it, it's just, it's those little things from time to time that, you know, in, in circumstances like this, they really start to just erode your energy, erode your positivity and your optimism. Um, and so I'm aware that there's a lot of things, particularly this week, I've been aware of the little things that are happening and, and perhaps they're not even little things, some of them are a bit bigger, um, that just kind of start to erode at our hope a little bit, if, if I put it that way. And so this morning, I really want to speak into that. I want to talk about hope. Uh, and I've titled my message this morning, Greater Hope. And, and so, you know, whether this is something that applies to you directly or indirectly, if you don't have something in your moment, in your life at the moment, that's being dramatically upturned as a response to the virus, uh, guaranteed there's someone in your, in your connection circle who has. And so whether this is speaking directly to you this morning or whether this is giving you the tools to continue to help and to encourage others, um, then I, yeah, I just really want to bless you to um, hear what God's put on my heart this morning. So, you know, I love um, the, the song that Jess selected this morning. She, you know, this whole thing about one thing remains. And last week with, when it was Easter weekend, um we talked about love we talked about how the greatest of these is love three things remain faith hope and love and the greatest of these is love and we talked about this whole thing about you know jesus being the center jesus being central and and how that looked over over easter weekend um and in true um fashion i guess you know god is three and one we know that god is the the center of everything uh, and First Corinthians chapter 13, verse 13 says, three things remain, faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these is love. And so last week we talked about love, but this week I want to talk about hope. And, and I, it, it's, it's, not a, it's maybe not necessarily a super deep truth, but it's an important truth. Uh, and when I say deep, it's a simple truth, but I often joke with our congregation that it's the simple truths that we can take for granted. Uh, how many times have you ever pushed on a door that said pull? Uh, or, or similar. And, and so it's important that we continue to reflect on these simple truths because actually it's the simple truths that get us through a lot of the difficult times. You know, there's a verse that some of you are probably familiar with uh, when it comes to hope in the Bible. If you ask people to talk about hope, it's amazing to me how this is the, like, you know, what Bible verses do you know about hope? And one of the first ones that comes out is Proverbs chapter 13, verse 12, which is hope deferred makes the heart sick. But yeah, cool. What a super positive uh, verse to lead out on. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. And, but it is in there, and I think perhaps it's an important one to start with this morning. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 12 says, hope, hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a dream fulfilled is a tree of life. And, and for many people uh, at the moment, there's a lot of that deferred hope. Maybe you had a plan. Maybe you had a, uh, a dream, and all those sorts of things have been on hold. Maybe you had a business. Maybe you had a savings account. Maybe you had a... You know, all, all these different things that, that come together and we have a plan and something, and, and when it gets pushed back, uh, often often the, the anticipation of waiting is not as bad as them being told that the anticipation is going to be longer. Um, I remember once, one, one year, uh, my wife and I were having a discussion about a birthday present and I'm, I'm of the opinion that once the birthday present has been brought, it should be bought, it should be presented. There's no, if it's in the house, don't wait till my birthday. Let's just, let's get this done. And um, 
but a particular member of my family had bought me a Christmas present, which I was incredibly excited about, or a birthday present, I don't remember which it was now. And my birthday rolled around and I, I, I had a suspicion that I knew what might be coming and I was very excited to open it. And then, and then on the day of my birthday, I woke up and I was told, actually, it's, it's not here yet. It's not here yet. And, and I tell you, the bigger disappointment than, than not being able to have it before my birthday was going, now I'm not even going to get it on the day that I was supposed to get it. And so there's this deferring. And I know it's a very trivial story. But we've all got this thing that when hope gets deferred, it tends to hit us in the optimism spot real good and just kind of take the wind out of our sails. And it's amazing how quickly that a little bit of hope deferred can, can totally... Uh, change our perception, totally change our outlook on life, totally change our energy levels and our positivity and, and our interactions and how we go about every day-to-day life. Um, but I want to talk about this verse this morning that we've read. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a dream fulfilled is a tree of life. And I want to uh, give you a couple of other verses as well that are um, really important, I think. And, and so, yeah, there's, sorry, just, I, <laughs> uh, yeah, the, when we go through things in life and there's a whole bunch of different things that we put our hope into, um, the Bible talks to us about putting our hope in Jesus. And on a surface level, we understand that and we go, yeah, you've got to have hope in God. But what does it look like to have hope in God? And what I want to share with you this morning is as I was looking through, as I was doing a study um, on this issue, on this topic, I came across a particular verse there, um, or a particular, uh, verse is not the right word, uh, a particular reality, a particular, um, stumbled across an observation, shall I say, that really encouraged me. And the encouragement that I want to share with you is there's two words in Hebrew uh, for hope. And one of them is this word saber, uh, and it's saber, and it's uh, it's the word that we would use for hope. It's the Hebrew equivalent. But then there's this other word, which is shaker, and it is it translates as false hope. And, and so there's this idea that in, in the Hebrew, in the Old Testament of the Bible, we've got these two words for hope. We've got saber and shaker, and, and one is hope and one is false hope. Now, you don't have to be an expert in the Jewish language, or sorry, in Hebrew, to understand that those two words are probably related simply by the fact that they sound quite similar. Saber and shaker, you can can put them next to each other and you can go, yeah, they kind of sound like they've got some of the same letters in them. So uh, I started to look into this and I started to to, uh, unfold this and go, actually, what is a false hope? As I started to look at some of the examples, Um, Because often we think of something as a false hope, as something that provides hope that's not real, something that uh, should be, you know, something that we've perceived as a positive thing that's actually a negative thing. But actually the reality is some of these examples of false hope that we look through and see in the Bible are are not evil things. They're good things that should not become our foundation. They're good things that should not underline should not be the be-all and end-all. And um, so as I started to look at this and I started to unfold, and, and so I guess the encouragement, the thing that I've been looking at is in the, the challenge question right at the beginning of this part of the message is, what do we put our hope in? 
because all these other little things that are going on, and, and I'm not saying they're not small. Uh, I, I'm not I'm not saying they're not big deals. I'm not saying they're not important. For some of you, they are massive. For some of them, they are the thing that you've been looking forward to the most. For some of them, they are they are a rite of passage uh, for the season of life that you're in. And, and I guess the thing that I would say in that is that Jesus understands so well uh, what that looks like in Jesus' journeys, and he sits in your situation with you. And the joy of that is that when our hope, when these what the, what the Bible would call shaker, when these false hopes, when these things that we've got hope in fail, because Jesus is with us in our circumstances, he doesn't fail. You know, Jess saying this morning about one thing remains, and that's Jesus. Your love never fails. It never gives up. It never runs out on them. And, you know, just I just want to paint the picture of these, these words. If I had them, I'd put them on the screen, but I haven't quite worked out how to be that clever yet. Um, but this word, uh, saber, is, you know, if you've listened to Shane at any stage when he's been with us, or, you, you know, one of the things that you'll understand about the Hebrew language is because they came out of slavery in Egypt, there's a, there was a hieroglyphic sense to their, their writing. And so every letter in, in ancient Hebrew is also a number, and every letter is also a picture. And so one of the things that Shane says is that because every Hebrew letter is a picture, that means every Hebrew word is a comic strip, and I love that. And so what I decided to do was to study these two Hebrew words and have a look at them. And don't worry if you're not a big historian, I'm not going to bore you with this. I just want to gloss over this because I think it's, uh, I think it's a fascinating uh, thing to see. Uh, see, when we get the word saber and, and shaker, they are exactly the same. There's three letters, and the middle letter is the difference of, of, of the two. And in Hebrew, the understanding of reverse concentric symmetry was very applicable to everything they wrote, where they would read from out to in, where they would uh, illustrate from out to in. And so you, you have two outer ideas and building to a central point. And, and so what the middle letter in there seems to be important. And so let me just unpack the pictures. Firstly, if I go with Saber. So the first picture uh, is the picture of uh, a pair of teeth, pair of front teeth. And the symbol of them can be what you consume. Uh, what you what you eat. Uh, this, the last letter in both of them, so the, the first letter in both of them is, is T, and then the last letter in both of them represents the head of a man. And so the head is about priority, it's about first, it's about your mind, it's about your consciousness. Uh, and then, so these things talking about consuming and priority, and then the middle letter in each of them is what I find really interesting. Because in Sabre, the letter in the middle is a picture of a sun on the horizon. It's symbolic of uh, the cycle, the circle. The, the Well, let me put it this way. The sun will come up tomorrow. Uh, and, and so there's this idea that it's the sunrise. And every day as the sun rises, you've got the word, the Bible says, his mercies are new every morning. When, when God was with the Israelites in the desert, gave them manna every morning at the rising of the sun, there was fresh bread. There was everything that they need. Give us this day our daily bread. Whereas, and so this is the picture of hope, to consume the picture of tomorrow, the rising of the sun, and make it my priority. Whereas the picture of Shaker, this false hope, is again the same picture of the teeth, and at the end, the head of a man. And in the middle, it's a picture of a tent. And the picture of a tent is my dwelling place, my home base, my current circumstances, my family, my house, my possessions. And it's, it's the things that make up my material world. And this is defined as the false 
hope. This is the picture of the false hope in the, in the Bible. And so the Bible shows us that false hope is to have hope in my present circumstances. False hope is to have hope in what I have, to what, what I'm going through right now, what, what is immediately in front of me, what's over my head, what's not over my head, what's in my bank account, what's not in my bank account. Whereas Saber tells us that, that true hope is to have my mind fixed on the sun on the horizon. True hope is to have my eyes fixed on what is beyond, not on what is current, what is to come. Not as what, not not what my present circumstances may be, uh, and so, you know, if I if I was to look at that and I'm and I start to unpack that a little bit, uh, suddenly we understand some of these scriptures. Colossians chapter three verse two says, "Set your mind on the things above, not on the earthly things." Set your mind on the things above, not on the earthly things. Another way that you would perhaps understand that if you were uh, if you were a Jew reading that is set your mind on the sun on the horizon, not on your tent at home. Uh, it's very easy at the moment to have our eyes set on the tent at home. Why? Because we're in it 24-7. But in the same way as, as in the you know in the metaphorical sense, it's very easy for us to fixate on our present circumstances. Why? Because we're in them. Often it's, you know, we are more aware of our financial situation now than what our financial situation might be in 20 years' time. We're more aware of what our children are doing now than what our children might be doing in 20 years' time. We're more aware of the difficulty or the blessing or whatever our marriage is going through now instead of what it may be going through in 20 years' time. But the Bible says without a vision, people cast off restraint. So in other words, if we're not looking ahead to what's coming, if our hope isn't in the future, and ultimately, if our hope isn't in Jesus, because he is the eternal, and I'm going to come to that in a minute, then all, then eventually what we'll do is we'll cast off restraint. We'll cast off all these other things. And so Bible says, Colossians chapter 3, verse 2, set your mind on the things above, not on earthly things. Why? The same author goes on to say in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18, we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. And I, so my first encouragement right off the bat here is that whatever you're going through right now, whether it's a really negative hard time, whether it's shaking your hope, whether it's, 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 you know, it's the loss of a loved one and not being able to mourn or grieve the way that you would normally grieve, whether it's the, uh, you know, you've missed out on a, on a significant milestone for you and your family, whatever that may be. I want you to know that the Bible says these things are temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. And the Bible says that if you will put your hope not in what is seen currently, but what is eternal. And that goes for even right now, you might be going through a really great time. You know, I've spoken to a few people who are really enjoying the home time. They're really enjoying the time with their family. They're really enjoying um what, yeah, what this current season is. Some of them are going, well, I'm not having to put petrol in my car. I'm not having to do this. I'm not having to do that. And so at the moment, uh, I'm actually saving money. And so I, I'm having these conversations with people. But the important thing to remember is, again, this circumstance will not last forever. So don't put your hope in the present circumstance. Why? Because what's here today can be gone tomorrow. But our hope should be in what is unseen, for what is unseen is eternal. And what is unseen, what Paul is talking about in the unseen, is the, is the spiritual realm. It's, it's being heavenly minded and it's Jesus, who is, although unseen, eternal in nature. 
the other translation that I've got written here, which I quite like as well, which might be helpful. Some of you, Second Corinthians four eighteen in the New Living Translation says, "So we do not look at the troubles we can see now; rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever." You know, there's a there's another parable in in scripture that talks about the importance of foundations. That talks about what undergirds uh, our being, and it talks about Jesus uses this parable about the the foolish man and the wise man and building their house on the rock and the sand. And he said that the foolish man built his house upon the sand, uh, an unsturdy foundation. And when the storms came, and let me tell you, the storms come. <laughs> When the storms came and the winds blew, the house had nothing to stand on and it fell down. But the wise man built his house upon the rock. And when the storms came and the winds came, and boy did they come, it stood firm and it survived and it lasted. And so what I want to say in that is, is, is as well, you know, these other things that we have, it's okay to grieve them. It's okay to mourn them. It's okay to... Uh, have them in our life but what it comes down to is how priority you know with that picture of the head of the man how central are they to our being if some if something gets taken off you tomorrow would you be able to function uh the old saying if you're not enough without it you'll never be enough with it and, and so we one of the things that we have to continue to look at is going what is under my house if my tent you know if, if we're talking about the the false hope is about the tent we need to actually be putting more priority on what it's built on because the strength, and, and look, they learned this in Christchurch, the strength of the house is not in the house as much as it is in the foundation. And so foundations are an incredibly important thing. And so my question and my challenge to you is in hope, where are we putting our foundations? And times like this are actually uh, incredibly helpful because what they do is they, they shake a little, they, they give us that little rattle and we suddenly realize what we put our hope in. You know, there's been some reality checks for me in the last couple of weeks ago. Man, I had a lot of hope in certain things that actually if they were taken away, I don't know if I'd stand. And so thankfully, they've been revealed in such a way that I can go. These things are good. They're good to be part of my life, but they're not good to be my foundation. And I need to move these and I need to shift these and I need to position them. Uh, the other thing that I would say is this, the word that I got, uh, for this message was about greater hope. And I, I felt like God showed me that this whole thing in our life is about, the you know, let's take the word false hope away uh, or let's change it to understand, you know, in, in the context of, because I don't want to say that all these other things that we're going through are false hopes. But what I would call them perhaps is lesser hopes compared to our greater hope, which is Jesus Christ glorified. Um, you know, it was Paul that said, Christ in you is the hope of glory the hope of glory. If you listen to the chat Ian and I had a couple of weeks ago, you would have heard one of the things that he said when he quoted Ray Andrews was the only hope that God has of getting glory out of us is his glory in us. And so there's this hope. What is our hope? It's Jesus. Everything in my life that is going to come, my very next breath is my hope in the universe that God has established. And, and so my lesser hope has to be built on my greater hope. And, and one of the things that I think that we've got to uh, look at is if we're not careful, this, this is, I want to read this word for word. If we're not careful, we will let our lesser hope rob us of our greater hope. We will let all the other little dreams, all the other little goals, which are all God loves to give us the desires of our heart. But if we make them out, if we 
if we're not careful, those lesser hopes will rob us of our greater hope. Or if we put our hope in Jesus, we can allow our greater hope to sustain us through our lesser hope. You know, some of the best testimonies that I've ever heard are not all about when everything goes well and everything goes perfectly and everything, you know, skittles spring out of the ground and Coca-Cola rains from the sky. It's my version of heaven. But it's actually the stories of that incredibly difficult time I went through when all my hopes seemed lost. My hope in Jesus sustained me. My hope in Jesus sustained me. Instead of letting my lesser hope rob me of my greater hope, my greater hope brought me through the, the, the um, deference of my lesser hope. You know, there's this great verse, uh, Romans chapter 4, verse 18, which talks about Abraham, who said, who contrary to hope, in hope believed. Contrary to hope, in hope believed, so that he became the father of many nations, according to what was spoken. <laughs> That's a confusing sentence. <laughs> Contrary to hope and hope belief. Now, the only way we can look at that is to go, there's two things about hope here. There's two different kinds of hope. There's lesser hope and there's greater hope. One of the other translations talks about Abraham did to hope against hope. In other words, everybody in his world would have looked at his circumstance and said, there is no hope. Everybody would have looked at his, you know, Someone might be looking right now at your circumstance, at your business game. There's no hope. Someone might be looking at your bank account and there's no hope. Someone might have looked at your child and said, you know what, there's no hope. Someone might have looked at you and said, there's no hope. Someone might have looked at your, you know, whatever different situations and all these different things that we've gone through. And the enemy is a liar. The enemy is an accuser. And the enemy loves to look at situations and these lesser hope and go, there's no hope for that. But here we go. I'm getting, I'm getting into it now. I found it. Romans chapter 4 verse 18 says, Abraham dared to hope against hope. And so what I want to encourage you all is that where someone in their lesser hope has said, there is no hope for that situation. You can be like Abraham and hope against that hope. It says, in hope believed so that he may become the father of many nations according to what was spoken. He put his hope, he put his faith in hope believed. I was going to do faith next week, but I think we're doing it now too. Uh, he put his faith in hope against hope and became the father of many nations as it had been spoken. We have a lesser hope. We have a greater hope. Our greater hope must be the thing that undergirds our lesser hopes. See, right now, if I have faith, if, if I have hope in my finances and my finances fail, then I have no hope. If I have hope in my job and I lose my job, then I have no hope. If I have hope in the government, then I have no hope. <laughs> uh, if, that, if they fail, <laughs> that's a bad sentence. It's not a, I'm not getting political there. Uh, <laughs> but if I have hope in Jesus, see, again, this is a beautiful picture. In the Bible, uh, in the prophecy in Isaiah, it said Jesus, the government, would be upon his shoulders. In other words, our hope should not be in the government, but on, on whose shoulders it rests upon. It's not wrong to have lesser hopes. It's wrong to build our lives on lesser hopes. We have these lesser hopes, but we build them. You know, I, I want to I get a little bit real here. If I build my life on my job, 
if I build my life on my finances, if I build my life on my position, on my tent, if I build my life on my spouse, if I build my life on my family, on my children, if I build my life uh, on whatever else it may be, my hobbies, my achievements, at any time one of those things can be taken and my whole world will crumble. But if my world is built, if my life is built, you know, the Bible talks about Jesus is the cornerstone. Jesus has become the cornerstone. The cornerstone is the stone that holds the whole building together. You take it out, the whole thing falls. And, and, and so well, Jesus has become the cornerstone, the foundational stone, the first. And, and so within that, if my life is built on that, it doesn't make it less. It doesn't. It doesn't make it less painful when one of those other lesser hopes fails or is taken away. But what it does mean is that my tent doesn't fall. What it does mean is that my life isn't for naught. What it does mean is that the things that I'm going through now are temporary, but the things that are unseen will endure forever. You know, we start to look at. Uh, let me read another one to you. Yeah, I want to come back to, I'm, I'm, I'm going somewhere with this. Romans chapter 4, 18, which we read before. Who contrary to hope, in hope believed. Abraham believed in hope. In the same book, several chapters later, Paul says this. Romans chapter 15, verse 13. May the God of hope. In other words, hope belongs to God. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the condition of your circumstances. No, it's not what it says. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may always overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. My hope, in fact, this goes on to say that my hope and therefore because joy and peace are are filled in hope. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace. Joy and peace. My hope, my joy, my peace cannot come from my circumstances, but must come from the hope that is God's by the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, there's this other truth that I want to share with you this morning, something interesting that I stumbled across. Particularly if you're looking at hope, often we think of hope as a response rather than a foundation. I have hope if something seems hopeful. Uh, in the Greek, there's two words. Uh, the Greek word for hope is elpizo. It means to hope for, to expect and to trust. But then there's this new word, which is pro-elpizo. And this is in the Greek. Pro-Alpizo. So Alpizo, hope. Pro is before. Pro is this Greek word, before. So this word is to hope before. I hope before. I am the first to hope. Uh, the exhaustive concordance word, and in fact, no, the, here you go. Perfect to hope before. The res to respond hope in a person or thing before that event confirms it. So there's this word in the Greek, there's a word that's used regularly in the Bible that talks about having hope now. And 
And so the, the, one of the greatest ones we see is Ephesians chapter 1, verse 12, to the end that we who were the first to hope in Christ. Hope in Christ. Before it looks like it's all going well. Before it's come to fruition. In the face of hope, against hope. And this is what I want to bring. I want to come right back and I want to finish with this scripture this morning. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 12. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a dream fulfilled is a tree of life. You know, the problem with that English translation is it makes the tree of life the response to the dream fulfilled. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a dream fulfilled is the tree of life. But actually, if you look at the literal, if you look at the literal, the way that it's structured in the Hebrew, it says this, hope deferred makes the heart sick. But from what is a tree of life, desire comes. You know, in the beginning, Adam and Eve were placed in the garden. And there were two trees. There, was, there were two trees, the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And God said, you may eat from one and not from the other. The serpent, when he came in and tried to deceive them, said that, that there, he doesn't want you to eat it because you'll become like God. Remember what the first letter of hope was. To take what you consume, what you consume. Adam and Eve chose to put their hope in the lesser hope instead of in the tree of life. Because when we consume the fruit of the tree of life, hope comes. Hope is not the fruit that we're, hope is not the, hope is the source, not the destination. Everything we have comes out of. And so when we start to look at Proverbs 13, hope deferred makes the heart sick. But what is a tree of life? The desire comes from. And so in other words, we're not waiting for something to happen before we have hope. We have hope, and therefore we wait for something to happen. We have hope. We have hope that <clears throat> God is at work, always. People go, if, if we're going through difficult times, you know, if God is real, why do we have this? If God is real, why does this happen? Why does that happen? Why does, why, whatever else. But my argument, actually, when it comes back to my hope in Jesus, is going, the only thing that gets me through those times, the only thing that gives me confidence when I look and I see suffering in the world or when I look and see uh, people and all these different things that are going on is that there is a God of hope. There is a God of hope who endures longer than the temporary things of this earth. There is a sun on the horizon that will be greater than the tent I'm in right now. And I just want to bless you this morning. Whatever situation you're going through, however you're handling uh this time of isolation again like i say i know this last week has been hard for some people in my circle because of the things that they've missed out on but i want to tell you that although these lesser hopes may have been taken away the greater hope can never be taken away the greater hope will endure forever the greater hope is still in your corner the greater hope will accomplish the purpose for which he was sent and the greater hope is that in all of those different situations that you're going through right now you can look and you will find jesus and when you find him and you cling to him and you build your life upon him, then the Holy Spirit, the God of hope, will fill you with all joy and all peace. And, uh, and look, I just pray that for you, 
that is something that helps you to get through. I'm not, I don't want to belittle what's going on with people at the, at, at the moment, but I want to tell you that God is greater still. We have hope as an anchor for ourselves, and we will not be moved because God is greater in us. Let me pray, and uh, then we'll uh, go about our, we'll go head into our community time afterwards. Eh? God, I want to thank you for the privilege of gathering in your house. And Lord, that your house is our house. Our house is your house. Lord, we pray that we would be so incredibly aware of that. Lord, that we would not become so focused on our own tent that we would miss your kingdom. Lord, I just want to pray and particularly lift up all of those who in the last week uh, have struggled uh, because they've had hope deferred. Lord, some of these things that, that they've had hope in, some of these things that have been meaningful for them that they've either missed out on, uh, or haven't gone how they planned. And Lord, I know that you sit in those places and you you grieve with them. You feel the weight of that. God, you are perhaps the king who understands of what happens when things don't go to your, your perfect plan in the way that we rebelled. But Lord, even in our rebellion, you were not surprised. You did not become hopeless. You maintained that hope. And so, God, I pray that as the source of hope, I just want to prophesy those words from Romans, that the God of hope would fill you with all joy and all peace. No matter what you're going through, that you would be like Abraham, able to hope against hope, where words of hopelessness have been spoken over your life. I instead this morning speak a word of hope from the kingdom of heaven that the word of God will accomplish the purpose for which it was sent. What the enemy meant for harm, God will use for good. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. God will be faithful in your life to finish, to complete the work that he began in you. And he will be your foundation. His hope will be your life. And nothing, 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 nothing will be able to shake you or to tear your foundation out from under you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen.